Spring ball is right around the corner, and we're here to talk about the biggest storylines entering this time of the year on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcasts, hit like and subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at richiebrads 36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Guys, to my knowledge, and if I am wrong, please comment and let me know. I don't believe we have dates yet for spring practices. We do have the date for the spring game, which will be April 15th. It'll be held after the Pat Tillman run, all that good stuff. I also know that the team uh, tweeted out yesterday that there will be some football camps, but that's not what I'm looking for. That's not the spring practices that I'm looking for. So if it's out there, please let me know. So that way I'm in the loop, but I couldn't find it. I just know that spring the spring game will be April 15th. I can imagine that spring ball will be sometime in mid-March. Now, with that being said, there's quite a few storylines to be paying attention to during, during this time leading up to everything that we're going to be monitoring. I'm going to go through my three biggest ones that I'm going to be looking at. Now, keep in mind with a new head coach and a new coaching staff and 40-plus new players in the building, There's a lot of storylines here. So narrowing it down to three was very, very difficult. And I did decide to leave out Kenny Dillingham because I feel like that deserves just its own conversation in itself, which is probably something that we'll dive into closer to spring ball. But looking at the three storylines that aren't including Kenny Dillingham, we're going to start with number three, the development of the young studs, because there's a lot of them. Arizona State has a lot of talented young players on both sides of the football that I'm really looking forward to in 2023, continuing to see that development moving forward. I feel like the conversation absolutely has to start with Elijah Badger. Badger last year had 70 catches, almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns. He did it with two different quarterbacks. He was the heart and soul of the offense, and it felt like if he wasn't clicking, the passing game wasn't really getting anything going. So. I'm looking forward to his development. Arizona State has had a plethora of talented receivers over the last decade or so with Jalen Strong and Brandon Ayuk and Nikhil Harry and several other very quality guys as well. I feel like Elijah Badger can assert himself into that category of the three aforementioned guys. And I'm really looking forward to his ascension in this offense and whoever's at quarterback. I mean, that that's a whole other conversation to have is, you know, who's going to be the quarterback. But I believe in Badger to be able to work very well with whoever the quarterback is. And knowing that he's going into uh, his redshirt junior year where he will be draft eligible and everything, I'm sure he's looking forward to a big final year at Arizona State before he declares for the NFL, unless, of course, he decides to come back for a senior year, which I would have no problem with. But looking at his development will be huge. 
looking at Jalen Conyers' development will also be huge. Conyers is just a dominant, massive tight end. Six foot four, 265 pounds. And the dude moves very, very well. And he catches the ball very, very well. I'm looking forward to seeing how Kenny Dillingham, who likes to incorporate tight ends, is going to be able to use a giant beast of a man like Jalen Conyers. Whoever is at quarterback this year, whether it's Jaden Rashada or Trenton Bourget or Bennett Meredith or Drew Pine or uh, Jacob Conover, whoever it is, they're going to have two very, very good weapons there. Another young stud that's going to be kind of flying under the radar here will be Tevin White because White was more or less the third running back last year. I know Arizona State really didn't get too much in their depth because X Valade was such a such a workhorse for them and Daniel Nagata was the number two guy. But Tevin White is a four-star running back. And Tevin White has an opportunity to be the starting guy. He's just going to compete with Cameron Scadavell and Carlos Brooks and Deontay Elliott and the other guys who are on the roster. I want to see if Tevin White can ascend into a starting role. Similar to the wide receiver spot, Arizona State has had a lot of successful running backs the last decade plus. They've had their Marion Grices, and they've had their DeMario Richards, and their Eno Benjamins, and their ex Valides. I would love to see if Tevin White can be that next guy. It'll be really interesting to see how he handles a potentially bigger role. I won't guarantee anything with him compared to Badger and Conyers, though. Defensively, Everyone knows I'm a really big Ro Torrance guy. I'm really, really curious to see how he can ascend in this defense and become that shutdown, lockdown kind of guy for the team. BJ Green's another guy that I'm going to be looking at as well on the defensive line. He'll be entering his junior season after leading the team in sacks or tying for the lead in sacks each of the last two seasons in a part-time role. Between those two guys right there, I feel like there's a lot of excitement and potential for them to be cornerstones for this Sun Devils team. Like, I feel like BJ Green in a full-time role could potentially be that 30 to 40 tackle guy in like five or more sacks. Like, I'm not willing to go like he's the next Will Sutton. But similar to Badger, I certainly wouldn't complain if he became the next Will Sutton. Like, I would be very, very excited to get that next level energy from him. With Torrance, I feel like the sky could be the limit for this guy. If he's able to grow in this defense and become what he has the intangibles to be as a lockdown corner, that's really exciting to think about. Those two in particular on defense, I'm really looking forward to. There's some other veterans that you'll be looking at as well. You know, like your Jordan Clark, who's a senior, your Chris Edmonds, who's a senior, some of the linebackers. But looking at the young studs in particular, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to those three guys on offense, I'll throw Isaiah Glass in there at left tackle. He's going to be his third season, and he's gotten a lot of starting time, and hopefully he can make the most out of a big opportunity that's coming up for him. So I'll be paying attention to him. I'll be paying attention to the rest of the guys. But when it comes to the young studs on this team, those are the guys who stand out the most to me that I'm going to be monitoring. Got to talk to you guys about FanDuel because right now is the best time to download FanDuel as we're at the midway point in the NBA season and we're coming back from the All-Star break. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, wherever you're doing your podcast, to hit like and subscribe. Also, check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players on Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Back into our conversation now, looking at the next big storyline. I'm staying away from Kenny Dillingham because he deserves his own episode to talk about. But I will talk about new defensive coordinator Brian Moore and what he's going to bring to the table. Washington State, where Ward is coming from, from the same position, really had a great defense this past year. And Washington State's ascension in the Pac-12 has been one of the most underrated storylines, in my opinion. And I'm not, like, the biggest Wazoo fan, but watching them grow as a team has been very interesting to watch Brian Ward this past year was a massive uh, factor for this defense to really take that next step to being one of the, one of the five best defenses in the PAC 12 may like at worst case scenario, maybe a top three, maybe a top two, maybe a top one, just depends who you ask. Washington state's defense was one of the biggest bright spots on their team when they had an inanimate offense that either was clicking or it wasn't doing much with uh, Cameron Ward at their quarterback spot. But Brian Ward defensively got a lot of those guys playing very, very well. There's going to be several guys who are going to be looking at NFL futures because of him. He's coming to Arizona State, and it's going to be a retooled defense. It's going to be a very different defense. There's a lot for him to work with, and there's a lot for him to have to figure out. It's a brand new linebacking core. Kyle Sully, Connor Sully, and Merlin Robertson are all gone. The secondary will be moving on from guys like Corey Bethley, Tamarcus Davis, and the Markham brothers. The defensive line lost Trevez Moore, TJ Pesfea, and Nessa Jade Silvera. So from last year's team, that's a lot of losses to accommodate for. But with that in mind, there's a lot of guys that are coming in. You know, they were they were able to retain some guys on the defensive front, like uh, BJ Green is back, or, oh my goodness, Anthony Cooper. That's who I'm trying to think of. Anthony Cooper is back. You've got, who was the third guy who came back? Garen Stansbury came back as well. You have the linebacking core has some interesting guys to take a look at. You've got, uh, James Joncom and Will Schaefer. I know a lot of people are really excited about Schaefer. In the secondary, that's got to be the strongest unit for the team with Chris Edmonds, Jordan Clark, Roe Torrance, and Ed Woods coming back. So already just looking at them, there's some very talented guys to take a look at. There's going to be some interesting guys that are coming into the program as well. You've got Ashley Williams. You've got Kavion Thunderbird. You've got CJ Fight that are coming in through the recruiting class. You've got several other guys as well. 
uh, transfer wise, you're bringing in Clayton Smith, who is a former four star slash five star pass rusher. Deshaun Mallory is going to be coming in from Michigan State as a potential starter for you. Uh, there's tons of other guys on the defensive line. Samuel Benjamin, Tristan Monday. They've got uh, Travion Brown is one of the most interesting guys to me because he's coming from Washington State and he's going to be playing with Brian Ward again. Looking at everything that's going on with the defensive side of the football, there's so many new pieces that Arizona State is going to have to figure out. And it's going to be really interesting to see how quickly they can mesh with each other. I don't think this is an instantly successful defense. I don't think this is year one with Brian Moore. They're a top five defense in the Pac-12 like what Washington State was. In fact, not to be a doomsday guy, but you could still be one of the worst defenses in the Pac-12 just because you're adjusting to a new scheme and you're going to be dealing with so much change, both coaching-wise and personnel-wise. But at the same time, maybe you capture lightning in a bottle. Maybe this defense really meshes very, very quickly and you're able to get a really good unit out of it. You don't really know just yet. So that'll be really interesting to monitor. That's one of the reasons why Brian Ward in particular makes my list for the storylines that I'm going to be watching for Arizona State. How quickly is everything going to work out? You know, we're going to be monitoring the development of these guys. We're going to be monitoring how quickly people click, how quickly everyone is able to understand their own assignments and everything like that. So we're not going to get a ton of information until we actually see them on the field. Obviously, we can just speculate until then. But that's the reason they're my number two storyline to watch heading into spring ball. One more time, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, check out Locked On College Basketball experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing everything you need to know on and off the court. Hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Number one storyline. This should not be a surprise to anyone. It's quarterback spot. Arizona State, according to Kenny Dillingham, has five guys that they're looking at to potentially be their starting guy. You've got the incoming four-star slash five-star Jaden Rashada. You've got the returning Trenton Borgay, who was a starter for just about half the season last year. You have the returning scouting team expert, Bennett Meredith, who's very highly regarded by the team. And you've got transfers Jacob Conover from BYU, former four-star, and Drew Pine from Notre Dame, who was the better of their quarterbacks this past season and helped get their season back on track. Those five guys are all going to get an opportunity to be the guy for Arizona State's offense. I am not ruling out any single one of them to get playing time. With that being said, this is probably a three-man race. This is probably between Borgay, Rashada, and Pine. All I'm saying is if Kenny Dillingham is enjoying endorsing, excuse me, if Kenny Dillingham is endorsing both Bennett Meredith and Jacob Conover, don't be surprised if they're getting first team reps in camp. Don't be surprised when they are getting opportunities with the starters 
and with everything else to be that guy. Don't be surprised, people. There's a very good chance that that happens. There's a very good chance that there's opportunity for all five of them in spring ball. Moving forward will be making it more interesting because, again, I truly do think this is a three-man race. But you can't count out Meredith and Conover to potentially rattle things up and shake everything. It's a long shot, but it could be there. Now, looking at that three-man race, each guy just brings something so interesting. You've got Borgay, who really helped turn around the Sun Devil season. And when he took over, they were able to win two of their three games. They were able to be a much more efficient team on the offensive side of the football, and they were a much more competitive team than when Emory Jones was under center. He's back. He's a redshirt senior. So he is one of the most veteran guys on this roster, and he already has some established chemistry with the guys he's going to be working with on offense, particularly Jalen Conyers and Elijah Badger. Looking at Drew Pine, Pine had a pretty darn good season with Notre Dame this past year. And when the when the Fighting Irish were rolling with Tyler Buckner at quarterback, they started the year 0-2, including a loss to Marshall at South Bend. When Drew Pine took over, they got right back on track. They were a bowl team. They were a very good football team. Drew Pine decides to transfer. He comes to Arizona State. There's some speculation that this could potentially be Kenny Dillingham's Bo Nix with Arizona State. Bo Nix was an underachieving quarterback with Auburn. He goes to Oregon, has a Heisman candidacy kind of season. Looking at Drew Pine, there's some similarities in their game to connect the dots. Nothing too crazy to where you've got a big old like chart on your wall with red strings connecting everything, like Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But there are some interesting points to connect. And Drew Pine, before the announcement of Jaden Rashada, felt like potentially the guy here. And now, of course, you have Jaden Rashada, the four-star slash five-star quarterback commit from Pittsburgh, California, who's going to come in and absolutely have one of the best opportunities to start. This is a guy that Kenny Dillingham has been recruiting for quite some time, whether he was at Florida State or Oregon. This was one of Kenny Dillingham's guys. That being said, that's going to bode very well for him in the quarterback competition. When your head coach, who's a first-year head coach, and has been recruiting you since your high school days, early high school days, there's obviously an established connection there. There's obviously Dillingham believes that Rashada is the future of Arizona State. And if you're looking at the future, there's no better time than the present to get Rashada onto the field. So there might not be hesitation for Jaden Rashada to be the day one starter. But there's so much more at play here because Borgay makes a lot of sense and Drew Pine makes a lot of sense. That's why it feels like a three-legged race right now between those three guys because they all make sense to be the week one starter. They all have their own special things that's going to make them have a legitimate case. When we look at them in spring ball, we got to see who stands out the most, who struggles the most, 
who has the most to improve on, who looks the most comfortable with Kenny Dillingham. It's absolutely going to be the positional battle to watch. It's absolutely going to be what dominates the headlines inside the Valley. It's absolutely going to be the most interesting storyline in spring ball. And it will be probably the whole year because you're going to have spring ball to start figuring stuff out. You're going to have training camp before the season starts to continue figuring out who's going to be the week one starter. And then finally, when the season starts, how long are those leashes going to be? Let's say Trenton Bourget is the week one starter. If he struggles out the gate, how many games do you roll with him until you go to the next guy? Like if he struggles so bad and they lose to Southern Utah week one, is he already done? Is he out of there? Or do you give him another week? And then who's the next guy up? Is it going to be Drew Pine? Is it going to be Rashada? Who knows? That's why this is going to be so interesting to watch for the entirety of the offseason. This is not just this is not just spring ball. This is going to be the next six months, just about six months, to see what's going to happen. And obviously, there's going to be a lot to focus on for the spring game April 15th that we're going to be focusing on as well. All in all. Very interesting storylines throughout the team. Quarterbacks, absolutely number one. That wraps up this edition of the podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Remember that there will be a bonus episode on Saturday this week because I was out Monday with a cold that I am pretty much over at this point. I feel like 95%, but look out for that episode. Till next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on some levels.